I'll swallow your soul! I'm wearing pants. I'm glad that you're wearing pants. That's actually that's actual that's an actual change from the way most of these shows start. Right. But uh hi everyone. Welcome to another edition of Coffins and Coffee with Dave and Ophelia. As Ophelia noted, she is wearing pants today, much to my chagrin. Everyone else, you're welcome. Maybe her the leg prisons will make the performance all that more grander. Maybe. But uh, you, as you noted off air, have been doing some sleuthing on the interwebs this week. Okay. So <laughs> the idea of this podcast came to me yesterday because I was talking to a guy at work. And we were discussing songs that were on the radio. And okay. Yes. Or playing I on like our playlist. On the radio. Yeah, that's where they often appear. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, not these days. Well, yeah. Well, that's true. And when I say radio, I mean Spotify playlists. Let's be real. Who listens to the radio anymore? Um, but uh, Prince's Raspberry Beret came on. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were discussing why and like, it, does this woman exist that was wearing a Raspberry Beret? Well, why don't you, but some people, listen, not all people are as big of Prince fans as they should be. So why don't, before you, you get down to your analysis, why don't you read us some of the lyrics of Raspberry Beret? Because some people may be lost. Okay, so. There's a lot of our fan base, we have fans all over the world, some of which are probably uh, uwu girls, and they were born long uwu. before the age of Prince. Yeah, so so you have to explain, first off, explain Prince to us and then explain Raspberry Beret. So, okay. So the lyrics for Raspberry Beret, just like a snippet of the lyrics in question, if you will, uh, was she wore a Raspberry Beret, the kind you'd find in a second-hand store. Uh, she wore a Raspberry Beret, uh, and if it was warm, she wouldn't wear much more. So what about this woman's Raspberry Beret? For those of you who don't know, a beret is a hat. Commonly of worn sorts. by the French. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. Kind of like a like a mixture of a hat and a beanie. Right, right. Um, what about this beret made it like the kind you'd find in a secondhand store? Well, I can answer that. She's probably a hipster. And <laughs> she probably only shops at secondhand stores. So she wears a raspberry beret, but it's kind of faded. It's got slight must to it. it smells like an old uh, man. Might be a little- well, I don't know how many old men are wearing raspberry berets, but definitely some old French ladies, like like you know, dumped on a little bit too much of that like expensive cheap perfume. Expensive uh, cheap couple, perfume. Yeah. Uh-huh. Imposter uh huh. Imposter Probably. Perfume. Yes, exactly. Um, she she may possibly this beret may be a couple seasons behind, you know, like last fall's look. Oh my God! Your raspberry beret is so last season. Yeah, so he was into this girl who was a hipster, spent a lot of time at, like, Goodwill. What do you guys have there? Do you guys have Goodwill in Australia? We have Lifeline. We have the Salvation Army, which we call the Salvos. Okay. All right. Well, going to go down to Savo and get us a Raspberry Beret (laughs) from last season. Right. And prance around town, (laughs) enticing young artist men with frilly shirts who reek of lavender. And bathe in the lakes of Manitoba. <laughs> what the fuck? 
my beret brings all the boys to the yard. Apparently. Specifically Prince. So tell us what else about... Um, so, so, so you heard... See, yes. So we were discussing this in Jess. This is what we do at work because we're idiots. Not work. Um, working hard or hardly working. Anyway, so I took to the internet because I'm like, I just want to read up about this song now because I get into these things and I can't get out. It happens all the time. Um, and this, <laughs> it led me to... At least it's not conspiracies this week. I love conspiracy theories, but we're not going to... That's a different story for a different podcast. Totally different podcast, not ours. Um, (laughs) It it led me to Prince.org, which is the uh, independent and unofficial Prince fan community. Um, Okay. Community is important during these times. (laughs) And it led me to this one particular post from Sherry Jackson, uh, which says, Okay. I always knew and loved the song Raspberry Beret, probably the most played Prince song on the radio, but I'm curious. What's the Raspberry Beret Prince was referring to? According to Urban Dictionary, a Raspberry Beret is the act of eating out a woman's ass while she menstruates onto your forehead. Or... <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Pause Pause on that moment. Uh, I'm trying to think of the logistics of this. So I guess that this person in question uh, would... Ha- who's on her blood moon would have to be Shop laying week. on her back, slightly elevated, perhaps with a pillow, maybe a memory foam pillow, um, so that it would it would angle her pelvis at the right angle for this gentleman to engage in analingus and still be in a position where her menstruation would anoint him, anoint his forehead. So that would be your oh assessment of this action? No. I think you've got it backwards. I think there's 69ing and she's on top. Well, but okay, but it says, what's what's the definition say again? It says, missing the buzzword. According to Urban Dictionary, a raspberry beret is the act of eating, oh no, sorry, it's eating out a woman's ass while she menstruates onto your yes. forehead. So, right, so here's the thing. Physics and so science. So in order to reach physics and science, she would have to be on her back. Yes. Her. Yes. And, and and elevated so that you could reach her back door uh, entry, which was fleshly, freshly bleached. Her fanny pack. And yeah, her fanny pack. <laughs> and, and your forehead would have to be positioned to be anointed by her blood moon. Yes. That is science and physics. Okay. We like to be thorough on this show. So, okay, carry on. So now we know what a raspberry beret is. Yes. Perhaps... Prince was either singing about this uh, taboo sexual position or perhaps he literally just meant she had a beret that was raspberry colored. As we do know that Prince loves the color purple and all variations of it. Mm. Well, I mean, this thread is pretty hilarious because there's some people that sort of go along with it. Uh, some guy named Errant commented, I can't wait for him to release Rusty Trombone. That's going to be the shit. <laughs> oh, well, he's dead. So I don't think he'll be That's releasing not happening. that. Now, um, now, remind me again who the OP was. The original poster was Sherry Jackson. So would you say that her name could be Raspberry Sherry? Uh, Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> oh my sherry berry (laughs) but then there's people that are getting very upset about this post um why why would people get upset that that 
at the presumption that Prince of all people might write a song that was based on something sexual. That'd be like getting mad at um, uh, Metallica for a really shitty snare. Yes, well. Um, <laughs> well, at least post post nineteen ninety six. Right, anyway. exactly. Um, someone was like, "Sometimes a <laughs> sometimes a raspberry beret is just that a raspberry beret." <laughs> okay, Freud. Um, <laughs> then someone else coming. Where is it? Uh, yes, this person is like. Sometimes a raspberry beret is just a raspberry beret. It's not a metaphor for anything. It's just an example and a symbol of the girl's kooky bohemian charity shop chic. Much like starfish and coffee were examples of Cynthia Rose's different outlook in the song of the same name. No, 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 sweet summer child. Starfish and coffee. (laughs) We're not going to go there. (laughs) That's even, that's where I draw the line. But, but... It does bring up an interesting point of misunderstood lyrics. Yes. Right? One of the most famous versions, which is actually kind of in line with this song being um, being misunderstood, is Brian Adams' Summer of 69. Oh. Which is a song, in fact, about the posi- the sexual position, 69. Was it a... Brian Adams has... Was it the hot tip that, that summer? Well, Brian Adams... Said because if you listen to the lyrics, it sounds like it's a song, kind of a looking back at my you know childhood, the summer of '69. Um, you know, I think '69 was like Woodstock, right? So like it sounds like it's a nostalgic song of youth, but when you think, but he's outright the, the very ending, the very last lyric is "Me and my baby in a '69," which then leads you to believe, well, are they like in a like a '69 Chevy? Is it like a reference to a car? But no, in fact, Brian Adams had said. Uh, I would not have been a teenager in the summer of '69. I would have been like eight. Uh, no, that the oh. song is in fact when he, when it, when he talks about him and his baby in a '69, he literally means he and a lady friend in a sexual position, which is mutually simultaneously gratifying. Uh, that's like that. Um, have you heard the story behind Aerosmith? Dudes looks like a lady. I heard it was about Vince Neil. It is about Vince Neil. So. Uh, so basically, uh, when they were working on some music, there was a songwriter that came in called Desmond Child who was brought in to help them write. Um, they basically had showed him this. They had basically showed him this song called "Cruising for the Ladies," and he said he wasn't a fan of the title of this song. And he said it was originally called uh, "Dude Looks Like a Lady," and that it came from an experience he had while he was at this bar. I don't know where, but basically, he was looked across at this girl that had like large blonde hair, and and this girl's turned around. It was actually Vince Neil. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Yeah, for, a true story. Jason's gonna get mad at me for telling you this. So our friends over at the Regrettable Century, Jason. He, uh, we were once, but both actually, both two of the hosts from the Regrettable Century, both Jason and his brother Christopher and I, were watching um, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. The, the Guns N' Roses song. And Jason is, I think he's about your age, maybe maybe a year younger. But at the time, you know, he, I don't know that, he, I think he was a little bit young when when that song first came out. And there was a scene where there was this very slight person with big T's red hair. And he was like, dude, that girl's pretty hot. And we had to inform him that that was in fact, Axl Rose in his prime (laughs) with his teased up hair and his leather pants, his snake hips. 
Sweet so. pea. <laughs> it can happen. Hair metal was a very confusing time, and we're not judging that. Everyone's everyone's capable of exploring. <laughs> it's totally fine. Oh funny. It's funny about Vince Neil though, because he's sort of the, he's he's the, uh, um, oh he what's the word I'm looking for? He is the subject of many uh, at least another urban legend, which is that Glenn Danzig and Henry Rollins chased him down the streets. They like, um, I think he came into the the whiskey maybe, and they were there doing sound check, and you know they and and you know them being the the punkers that they were. They ended up chasing him down the strip in his high heel shoes because how dare some hair metal guy come into a punk show? Um, look, I wouldn't entirely not believe that. Um, it sounds like something that might happen. But apparently uh, when um, in, at the time at this bar where he was misconstrued as a woman, apparently uh, the whole of Aerosmith just started chanting that dude looks like a lady at Vince Neil. <laughs> Amazing. And that's how that song was bound. I love it. So wait, so what are some other lyrics then that are like famously misunderstood? Not necessarily uh, that effect where people would like say the lyrics incorrectly, although we could talk about that too, I suppose. But like where people just truly don't understand what an artist is talking about, which happens all the time. Um, I hadn't got any here that had people had misunderstood what the artist was talking about i do however have a lot here um and i actually took went to facebook for this one because i'm like i know a lot of musicians i know a lot of people are involved in music and have pretty good extensive musical knowledge so i took to facebook and asked if anybody had hilariously misheard any lyrics and thought they were those lyrics for an extended period of time okay what do, you, what do we got here? Uh, so I'm not going to give you full names, obviously, just for people's privacy. So we'll just use their first names. Um, fuck it. Spill the tea. Yeah. Actually, fuck Call it. This one out. was my sister. <laughs> 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 um, so when she – I reminded her of a few, actually, because we started this conversation uh, together, and there are, some, there are some perlers, absolute perlers in here. So when she was young, Madonna's like a virgin. Yeah, uh, okay. So the the actual lyric to the song is like a virgin touched for the very first time. She thought yes. when she was Which young, there's a whole section, there's a whole amazing famous opening sequence to the movie Reservoir Dogs that explores exactly what she meant by like a virgin. And what was that? Well, there's a lot of people who have a lot of theories, but basically the prevailing one is that she was taking a dude who was so well endowed that it actually made her feel like she was a virgin again. That sounds awful. This was a woman who had been. This was a woman who had been with, according to Reservoir Dogs, Quentin Tarantino, not me, I'm just the middleman here. The Madonna was a man was a woman who had been with all kinds of men, but that this strapping lad was so well endowed that, in spite of her previous conquests, her previous notches, that he made her feel. Like a virgin again. Poor Madonna. Or lucky Madonna. I don't know which. Or lucky. Yeah. Whichever your whichever is your poison. Um well, what did your sister think she was talking about? She thought it was like a virgin fucked for the very first time. <laughs> I mean, I think she's right. She kinda cut through the bullshit. Yes. I don't know how she got fucked from touched. 
but she's actually pretty accurate. I don't know. To be fair, my sister was probably, I uh, probably about eight when this happened. The other one that she used to th- she used to miss seeing. Actually, there's a couple I've got here. So, uh, in my teens, I would blast on repeat all day, every day, the album Mechanical Al- Mechanical Animals by Marilyn Manson. Still the best okay. one. Still, oh, that's another discussion for another podcast because I don't agree with you. you. What are you talking about? Mechanical Animals is clearly Marilyn Manson's no, best no, album. No, 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 no. Followed by a high end of low. No, no, no. And then no, no, you get to no, Annie, no. Then you can get to Antichrist, and you can get to Hollywood, and you can get to uh, Smells Like Children. No. Family Circus. No. Family Us Circus? What the fuck? Is upside you? down. What? Heaven. <laughs> Golden age of something. And I don't know, I'm just the California crops just kicked in. Let me move right along to the next I song. I haven't had any. I haven't had any. <laughs> I'm on the CBD today. Oh. Um, so there was this, and I don't know why she picked this song to sing all the time, but she used to always sing the song uh, User Friendly, which is not a single. Okay. Um, All right. It's a kind of a deep cut. All right. All right. I like okay. where you're going with this. It's a good song, but it's not like a hit song. Sure. For being real. It's not like Great Big White World. No. But um, the actual lyric that she used to miss sing was, I'm not in love, but I'm going to fuck you until somebody better comes along. But she used to sing it as, I'm not in love, but I'm going to love you too. Somebody say... And that's how she used to sing it all the time. Well, okay. <laughs> but in a way, she's also not wrong because the term making love and fuck are easily interchangeable. So much like she confused touch with fuck, fuck with love, it's all kind of in the same ballpark. You know, it's not completely apples and oranges. So we'll give her a pass. <laughs> but I'll give you an example of someone who completely failed at interpreting and understanding a lyric for way too long into their life and that's me because i feel like it's only fair since i brought up an embarrassing story about jason thinking that axel rose was hot an instance where the three of us were also together and it was my turn to uh eat crow and that was we were singing we were listening to uh dr dre's ain't nothing but a g thing and there's a line that says ain't no pussy good enough to get burnt while i'm up in it but I used to sing, ain't no pussy good enough to get a ride on my Bennett. Because I just assumed that Bennett was an illusion for his Johnson. I am now. But apparently that's not the case. I'm now exclusively referring to your penis as Bennett. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> Big Ben. What? Big Daddy? I said Big Ben, but I'm <laughs> not sure ben. that works too. Big, Big Daddy B. Big Daddy Bennett. <laughs> That's going to be my rap album. <laughs> All right. What else you got? What are their song lyrics that people misunderstand? Uh, so um, a guy that I used to work with, Simon, uh, there. Yeah. That song, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham, I believe. Yes. By Wham. Okay. So, Which is an awesome band. <laughs> yeah. They're fucking great. So I'm just trying to find the actual lyric because let's be real. I don't know the whole lyric myself. Real deal, Holyfield. And now you hookers and hoes know how I feel. Um, Start listening to that song now. What? 
<laughs> what was that? Nothing. Nothing? Yeah. Okay, so there's the the, the lyric is um you take the grey skies out of my way, you make the sunshine brighter than Doris Day, turn a bright spark into a flame, my beats per minute never been the same. Uh, Those are the real lyrics. They're the real lyrics. He thought the lyric, the last lyric was, um, turned a bright spark into a flame, I beats per minute never been the same. Okay. He might be right. I don't know if I should judge that. Maybe <laughs> that is entirely true. I can't say either way. Depends who it was. I got another one. To whom did you beat like... per minute? Simon. <laughs> um, so this is less of a misheard lyric and more of we intentionally skewed the lyrics of a song. Do you know Nine Inch Nails' Terrible Lies? Yes. So I give credit mostly to our buddy Ross, but when we used to work at Padre Pizzeria out there in Corpus Christi Island, he used to come go around singing burger and fries instead of terrible lies. <laughs> he would say burger and fries. And it perfect. And actually, I had the other day I saw on, on the Instagram a friend of mine she didn't say burger and fries. She said something in fries. But, like, I didn't think anyone else heard it that way. But apparently, burger and fries or cheesy cheese fries or some curly fries, it all works in Nine Inch Nails. And I like to think that in the end, Trent Reznor is probably just hungry. That's like, uh, you know, a song, It's a Long Way to the Top if you want to rock and roll. Yeah, uh huh, sure. Aussies very fucking commonly. Missing that song as it's a long way to the shop if you want a sausage roll. I saw that somewhere. Where oh, did, did I you? see that? Oh, well, I look because I was looking this up. So uh, funny that you mentioned sausage rolls. You know the the starships we built this city. Yeah, did they build it on sausage rolls? Okay. Yes. Where? There are people who think that the song. Says we built this city on sausage rolls. I mean, I fucking wish they did. Did you know? <laughs> did you know that apparently sausage is a common it, when when people mistake lyrics that sausage is oftentimes what they put in there. It must be something in the pronunciation because apparently in Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, the correct lyric is "Spare him his life from this monstrosity." Many people believe that the lyric is saving his life from this warm sausage tea. Sausage tea. Yes. Which, as a vegan, I'd want to be saved from sausage tea as well. <laughs> Unless it was fake sausage teas. Maybe it was some of that, uh, what's that sausage brand? Like Tofurky? No. Yeah, I'm down with some Tofurky sausage tea. But no, that's where I draw the no. line. That'd be fucking gross. What about uh? What about sweet dreams made of cheese? No, sweet dreams are made of brie. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. So <laughs> who, who? Wait, wait. Who are you to disabree? Mm, this could go on for too long, and I can't. 
And I would never disagree. Never ever. I disagree with you on that. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. carry on. What else you got? Uh, so uh, my friend Karitza, she commented, Bush's chemicals between us. Uh, Whoa, was that's a, song, a newer song. All right. right? Which Newish. was a song that I misheard as Kelly comes between us. So this was a completely different song to me for most of my life. So she thought the song was about a threesome. About some bitch coming in between trying to steal your mans. Oh, no. See, I told him, I totally interpreted that a different way. When she said Kelly comes between us. Oh, I she's literally Kelly, coming between. Yeah, you. like she was invited. Like she was invited. Yes. Like she was invited to the home and she's in between you two. And yes, that's how I interpret. Oh, actually, I like to think positively. You know what? It's funny because I didn't read the rest of this comment. She's like, listen to it again and you might hear what I did. And about that threesome where Kelly comes, dies. See, there you go. I read it completely differently. It's all about our past traumas coming to our, to influence our modern day interpretations. What the dickens? Sorry, there was another one. Actually, my very good friend, Martin, um, who he's got extensive music knowledge like that guy owns more records than anybody i know uh both him and his I wife get martin on this hey yeah. martin on to talk about records yeah sometime. they totally should what um, fuck's he doing he ain't got to do nothing to do i think he's back at work he ain't doing shit it's friday he ain't got a job he ain't got shit to do so he does have a job he's probably got shit to do so yeah he does have a job he's a he works in graphic design so it was funny he ain't this- got a job <laughs> does have a job what i don't get that reference anyways carry on go on um so distracted his was um the uh some kind of hate by the misfits yeah Um, okay so the first lyrics are there's some kind of love and there's some kind of hate the maggots in the eye of love won't copulate Uh, that's the iron lung no that's the real lyrics yeah, iron lung. Iron lung? Yeah, the maggots in the iron lung won't copulate. No, the real lyrics are in the eye of love. What? Yes. I don't believe that for a it's moment. It's true. See, now you've Not even a hybrid moment. <laughs> look this up. So while you're looking that up... Ma- yeah, be careful with misfit lyrics because they've never been released. Let me look at this. So Martin misheard it as maggots in the eye alone won't copulate. And then he said, there's no fucking way Danzig is saying the eye of love. I don't believe that. Well, I looked up quite a a few different ones and they said the same thing. Danzig, what did you say? No, look, see, see, um, I went to genius.com, which is actually usually pretty good about lyrics. They're usually pretty good. And they also have verse one. There's some kind of love. There's some kind of hate. The maggots in the iron lung won't copulate. Well. Boom. Boom goes dynamite. It's the maggots in the iron lung. It's the maggots in the iron lung won't copulate. That is a Danzig lyric. So this is a damn misheard lyric then by a lot of people. This actually, I just came up with a, um, there's a, uh, a forum here. Someone's asking, is it iron lung or eyes of love? Oh, it's Iron Lung. Why Eyes of Love? By the way, though, uh, I'll tell you a misfit lyric that I did. 
No, he did Danzig. Glenn Danzig does not a met. He's not a metaphor guy. He's the Wahoo Wolf. Come the That's that's all that Danzig does. Listen, so I but but th- talking about that, I commonly mishear a Danzig lyric from the Misfits from his Misfits era that is in the vein of this. So what was, what was the lyric in and um, some kind of hate that people keep saying? Eye of love. Yes, maggots in the okay. eye of love won't copulate. Yeah, no, it's maggots in the iron lung. But however, uh, in the song one we are one thirty eight, it sounds to me that he says in the eye of tiger, and it's in the eyes of cyborg, which does not sound right. We are one thirty eight. 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 In the eyes of the cyber. But it sounds like he says, in the eyes of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fight. I thought this whole time that the Rocky band, what was that Rocky band? Frontier? Foreigner? Far- Who sang that song? Fucking Eye of the Tiger? Uh, Rocky, yeah. Rocky sings that. No, Rocky does not <laughs> sing that. Survivor. <laughs> Survivor, same, same. Yeah, I thought this whole time that Survivor was like secretly kind of punk and they took this lyric, they lifted this lyric from an old Misfit song. But no, he says in the eyes of a cyborg because the song is about THX. Well, it depends. It's about THX 1138. But now that Danzig is like metal, he likes to pretend that it's about violence, <clears throat> which I guess in a way it is, but it's mostly about fucking robots because he's a geek. Maybe... They've been doing a long stand. Danzig's been doing a long standing experiment. Is like, is the dress blue or white? Is the lyric "Iron Long or Eye of Love"? Did you ever? I didn't understand that thing. It was. It looked. It looked both ways to me. Yeah, because it was dress. fucking bullshit. It was a social experiment. I'm convinced. Nah, I was just. I don't know. Anyways. Anyway, okay, we're not talking about that on this lyrics? podcast. <laughs> nah, I can't get into that. I've done so much to purge that from my memory. <laughs> what other lyrics have been commonly misunderstood? Um, let me jump back into this here. So, oh. Ooh. Oh, yes. This is a common one. Jimmy Barnes. Uh, cheap wine and a three-day growth. The fuck did he get that from? Well, that's that's the lyric. I, I don't recognize it. Cheap so what is that Cheap wine from? and a three-day growth. You know that song. No, I don't. Oh, well. Who is that? Jimmy Barnes. Who is it? Jimmy Barnes. Jimmy Barnes is the is the person asking the question. No, that's the Jimmy Barnes. Or Jimmy Barnes, Barnes is the band. The, sorry, I have I don't know who, who I have no idea who that you is. You know who Jimmy Barnes is? He Australian? Fuck. Well, this might not make was sense. Was he the to uh, was he was he was he Captain America's sidekick in World War Two? I fucking should have been. This might not make any James sense. James Barnes, because I think he's Australian. He's Australian. I'm sure of it. Yeah, yeah. James, Jimmy, Bucky Barnes. Yeah. Oh, actually, he's the Winter Soldier. What the fuck? <laughs> 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 he's Scottish born, but we're claiming him. Um, so he's got a song. You can't claim the Scottish. Well, have you not seen Braveheart? They have their freedom. Well, apparently, fucking not, because everywhere says he's Australian, but he's Scottish born Australian rock singer. Yeah, so that means he's Australian by residence, but not by birthright. Wait, this wasn't just Jimmy Barnes. It was Cold Chisel. I don't know who that is either. Yeah, Australian. So, 
The lyric anyway is cheap wine and a three day growth. If you heard the song, you probably assume, know it. Which I assume he's referencing his beard. Yes, correct. So, okay. um, uh, my friend Richard on Facebook heard it as cheap wine and a UFO. I like that better, frankly. Or because he, he also if I was drinking one, cheap wine. Sorry. I might have seen a UFO as well. Fucking maybe. And that was, yeah, it's funny. That's the first thing I thought too. But he also used to think that it was dirty goat. And I've heard people say it sounded dirty like female goat. goat. Dirty goat. No. Dirty goat. Dirty <laughs> goat. Dirty goat. Dirty goat. Dirty goat. And he eats brie cheese. Well, thank you for oh, tuning wait, in to Coffins of Coffee podcast. <laughs> I just, I just made that ACDC song way better. You can unsubscribe way better. below. <laughs> Get my royalties now. Mm. Hot Axl Rose is singing for them now. But a little off topic though. Did I ever tell you the story? A little. We don't have off topic. This show <laughs> is the whole show. This show should just be called Off Topic with Dave and Ophelia. We're changing the name. <laughs> He totally fucking should. I don't know. What day is it? Oh, it's Christmas Eve, sir. I've got no fucking idea. I can't believe you've done this. Um, Why do you sound constantly like Vince Noir from Mighty Boosh? Which I'm not mad at. It's kind of hot, actually. Oh, man. Anyways. So, wait, what were you about I to like say? Him. Watch that tonight when I get high. <laughs> Shit. Well, since you're trying to find your train of thought that I totally threw off rails, uh, did you know, do you, are you aware of there's a new social media app called the TikTok? Oh, we talked about this in the last podcast. I can't do so more social Ooh. media. Neither can you. It's too many. Dude, I can't even do the social media I have now. I'm over it. I'm old. I'm officially old now. But uh, on the TikTok, there's like a new, cha- you know how they do those challenges every once in a while? And sometimes the challenges are kind of clever, like... Like, uh, there were those stunt people who did the, the yeah. challenge where they punched the screen, you know, and then, and uh, Chris Jericho and the inner circle over at AEW did a, a Manitoba melee, which was way better than everyone else's. Same sort of gimmick. But um, not nearly as cool is a pee-your-pants challenge, which I like to call the Miles Davis challenge. But there are dudes, I guess it's not exclusively men, but only photos I saw were men. And I use that term extraordinarily loosely. Mm, Showing off their peed in pants. What the fuck? And it reminded me of some lyrics that are commonly misheard. And not by me. Okay. But I have heard people say this. Uh, Are you familiar with the REM song, Losing My Religion? Yes. Well, there are some people who think that the song goes... Let's pee in the corner. Let's pee in the spot. Light. Losing my religion. Wow. Which there are clubs where people go to wee on one another. No, not kink shaming. We don't kink shame on this channel. We're not kink shaming. But REM was in fact not peeing neither in the corner or in the spotlight to my knowledge. Was that where he lost his religion? I mean, probably if he's peeing in the corner and he's peeing in the stoplight, he's probably blotted or drunk. And 
if that's the case, then maybe in a state of drunk-infused hysteria, he might have lost his religion. His religion exited his urethra and onto the pavement. And all to the pavement. <laughs> any other? Do you have any other um, misheard lyrics that are pretty common? Um. So listen, no. But I did have. Did I ever tell you this story? Because I tell. I love telling this story because I think it's fucking great. Did I ever tell you the story behind the song Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield? Uh, it's about a. It's about a, It's about a dude who's. Wish he had a girlfriend like Jesse's girlfriend. Okay, so it's more in-depth than that. And this is an interview with Rick Springfield, so it's, like, legit. See, um, I can't... Have you, you ever watched Californication? No. It's a great show. Go back and watch mm. it. But anyways, Rick Springfield was on one season. So, like, I I mean, I, I know that song, but Rick Springfield wasn't exactly, like, my jam. It wasn't my scene. I'm not, not like, a Chad dude. But, um... My only imp- every time I think of Rick Springfield, I think of his he, him, the version of himself that he was playing on California, uh, oh, okay, yeah. which was this, which was this super sleazy, scummy cokehead, like aging, has been rocker. So I don't know if Rick Springfield is really that way in real life. I I gotta imagine that if he played himself that way, he's got a sense of humor uh, about himself and about his past, but. I have the feeling that you're about to say something that's going to validate my general impression of Mr. Rick Springfield. Right. So in this interview, he says he's talking about this chick and he's like, I don't know her name. It was a brief relationship I had when I was making stained glass for a while and I was taking a stained glass class in Pasadena. I met this guy and his girlfriend and I was completely turned on by his girlfriend, but she just was not interested. I had a lot of sexual angst and I went home and wrote a song about it. Then about four months later, I stopped going to the class and I lost contact with them. The only thing I remember is that his name was Gary. So I changed the name because Gary didn't sing very well. But the whole thing is absolutely what I was feeling. He was getting it and I wasn't. It was really tearing me up. And sexual angst is a great motivator to write a song. Actually, Oprah's people tried to find her and they got as far back as finding the stained glass guy. I couldn't remember his name, but I said it was the late 70s and they found him. He died two years earlier. Do you think that it's possible that down the line, Rick Springfield writes a song and he becomes a rock star and maybe Gary and his girl, we'll call her Karen. They like, (laughs) you know, they had a good thing going for a while, but some things run their course and they eventually parted ways. I'm not trying to insinuate that something nefarious later happened, but maybe Karen after her time with Gary and maybe a couple other guys, you know, kind of went their course and she's sitting there single one day and she's flipping on the radio and she's hearing this song and she's digging in and the radio host comes online and he says we got breaking news rick springfield is playing a surprise concert at the forum and so she and her girlfriends get all dolled up and they buy some tickets and they go to see rick springfield and they got front row and uh, you know halfway through the set some security guard comes by and says hey here's these these badges they'll get you backstage and it turns out as the night progressed that that Rick Springfield had Gary's girl. Wow. I like to believe in happy endings. Happy endings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But I do have I do have um one song fact that I'd like to wrap up this segment with. So well, it's appropriate that we talk about wrapping it up 
after that, that Rick Springfield story I just told. Yeah, well, fuck. <laughs> like I said, you can unsubscribe below. Um, so, <laughs> did you ever wonder that song Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana? Did you ever wonder what that song title was named after? I actually happen to know the answer. Oh, but for yeah. those, I do know, I do know. However, why don't you inform the audience who maybe are not as familiar as um, with antiperspirants as I am. All right. So at the time that album was going to come out, um, Kurt Cobain was dating Toby Vale from, uh, was it Bikini Kill? It was Bikini Kill, right? I don't Pretty know. Pretty sure it was Bikini Kill. So they were dating. And one of the other girls from the band uh, wrote on his wall, graffitied on his wall, Kurt smells like teen spirit. Now, back in the day, teen spirit was a really popular deodorant um amongst yeah, young women i think it's still around is it i i i'm i am positive i have seen it since then yes oh right so <laughs> he saw this and thought oh that's fucking perfect name for this um for this song uh he thought it had some deep uh philosophical meaning but no no he smelled like a teenage girl and he didn't find this out till I believe- much later <laughs> I actually believe that both that he didn't know what Teen Spirit was, and also that he probably smelled like antiperspirant, which is a, has a very distinct smell. Yes, it's probably like that rollerball, you know. Yeah. Kind of smells like old lady as well. Yes, I would believe that a heroin addict would not know what deodorant is. Wasn't there? A, isn't there a theory that he didn't like bathe for like weeks? Uh, a theory, or looked at a photo? No, <laughs> I'm sure it's a thing. Let me find out. I don't know. I don't know. But while you're looking at that, I was thinking, you know, there was a, um, it's been a rough year for us. Yes. Everywhere in the world, frankly. For everybody. Um, but especially for, especially for us Americans, us Americanos have had it pretty rough this year already. It's almost like, it's almost like someone opened up the Jumanji book, <laughs> you know? So in January, the world was on fire, especially your neck of the woods or or at least your backyard in Australia, right? Right. And that was frightening. It's frightening the damage that was done. Then in February, our commander in chief, the orange Cheeto himself tried to start world war three with Iran, which luckily didn't happen, but it was the doomsday clock was on 1159. And of course, everyone knows what happened in March. Everyone got quarantined because of the threat of the pandemic coronavirus, yeah. um, which was not caused by 5G and stop listening to crack oh. doctors on fucking YouTube channels. Oh my God. Then, as we're dealing with the coronavirus, then on in April, the government, persuaded by uh, um, Tom DeLong from Blink-182, released evidence that there are UFOs. Wasn't Tom Them DeLong, aliens are amongst us. Wasn't Tom DeLong going to do a movie about this years ago? So Tom DeLong, well, no, kind of. Tom DeLong, years ago, we hired to do a movie that was basically like a teenage Great Gatsby. This is like Great Gatsby set in high school. Yeah. And we had, we had hired him as a director. We did some development with him and super cool guy. In fact, this pop vinyl... That is right by my my monitor here is from Tom DeLong. He gave this to oh, us. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. 
but he left Blink-182 because he was really into aliens. And he started this Academy to the Stars, which is this sort of organization dedicated to proving that there are aliens. Damn aliens. And like the advance. Yeah, them aliens and like the advancement of like alien technology. And for the most part, like this video that the the government finally showed is not new. Like it's been around for a little bit and it's been shown around. But, he, you know, a lot of people thought he was he was kind of crazy or whatever nuts, you know. But as it turns out, them aliens are real, which I've always known because I was going to do the Naruto run at Area 51, except that you told me not to. <laughs> the Naruto run? Well, I was going to put my own spin on it, you know, keep it grounded. <laughs> I'm from the block. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, no. L- look, I would have just Wait. been worried that fucking, I don't know, there was going to be some stupid shit that was going to happen. Well, like, the most interesting thing that happened during that fucking, oh, we're going to see them aliens, this is Storm Area 51. Like, 100 kids showed up and some kid got arrested for pissing in public. That's like the biggest thing that happened through that whole thing. He was doing he was doing the TikTok challenge. I have a theory about why they didn't storm Area 51. Because they were fucking I nerds feel- that lived in their mum's basement that weren't going to do dick. That's why. Pussy ass bitches. No. None of you were going to raid Area 51. No. Get in the first bin. off. First off, everyone knows that trying to save aliens is a panty dropper. Doesn't matter what sex you are. <laughs> will get you laid if you believe in saving them aliens. So that's number one. Number two, these people are valiant heroes, risking their safety and their lives for the lives of those less fortunate. They would not idly stand by and choose the lesser of two evils. No, these brave souls that gathered in the desert, they believed in morality and they believed in putting and sacrificing for what is right. Real American heroes. But, no. as you see, them aliens knew because aliens can perceive time all at once. They're playing 4D chess while we're playing checkers. And they <laughs> telepathically told all of these freedom fighters that now was not the time. See? That right. there was a slight miscalculation and the Red Bull, the monsters and the Cheetos were not enough. And just to wait, because Tom DeLonge was going to lead the charge in revealing the truth that them aliens are alive. So you just wait till Alien Gate next year. Fuck. Alien Palooza. Alien Stock. Oh, my It's going to be off the chain. And we're going to do those Naruto runs. And we're going to save them aliens. I can just see, like, all these fucking, like, dicky fucking nerds all running down there. Fucking slipping, fumbling over these fences with their greasy Cheeto fingers, trying to juggle a can of Monster while they're trying to jump this fence and just getting mowed the fuck down by the military. Like, there was only two ways... Never gonna happen. We're too fast. <laughs> they no. can't stop us all. They, they can stop about 98% of you with their automatic weapons. Only <laughs> takes two. Only takes two to get them aliens free, and then they're on our side. Think about that. No. What the? No. No. But listen, this is all, this is all, we're getting ahead of ourselves. What's most important is that not only did we discover that there are aliens in April, but we're only five days at the time of this recording. By the way, happy Cinco de Mayo, because I completely forgot because 
Time doesn't exist anymore. Right. But we're only five days into May. Well, I guess it's the 6th to you. But it's the Cinco de Mayo here in America. Have a Danny Trejo beer later, maybe. Yeah. But we're only five days into May, and already there a new plague has landed. And that is the mor- the murder hornets. Get the fuck in the fucking bin with your fucking murder hornets. Dying fire, that's fuck. Have you seen these things? Yes, they're Have puppies. These, these, <laughs> these hornets are bigger than some dude's dicks. Yeah, they're probably all the dudes that tried to storm Area 51. Murder hornet dick. Nah, they're hung. Horses. No, get fucking... Third legs. <laughs> you know what? You know that uh, that guy that Madonna slept with and like a virgin? The dude was down he for... He was the murder hornet. <laughs> That's what they called him in bed. <laughs> Murdered that. Um, <laughs> so I thought, listen, we're smart people. We understand... The fragility of time, and maybe we can maybe we can consolidate and coalesce our 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 uwu, and Ugh, we could try to no predict what uwu. else the world is in store for for the rest of the year. Because so far we've had about five different plagues occur in the five months that have of the start of the year. So what else? What do you think? What do you predict, Nostradamus? Nostradamus? Nostradamus, notorious, notorious Damus. What do you think is in store for us in June? Karens, so many fucking Karens. Baby, that is all the time. Karens are a constant. Talk about new plagues, not constant like vermin of the earth. Intelligent people coming forward with good ideas and running a good political party. Um, well. I see that you're a dreamer, and you're not the only I one. I was just going to say. <laughs> but, see, I, I don't have quite as optimistic an outlook. You know, if you look at the year, and you look at fires, and World War Three and plagues, and aliens, and murder hornets, I think the next thing that's going to come is, is, uh, is frogs. Frogs falling from the sky. One could only fucking hope. Just toads. Toads dropping from the sky, giving everyone warts, you know? Is it boils, one of the plagues? Boils is probably July. That's appropriate because it will be boiling hot and we'll all get boils. We'll miss that one being in Australia. I wouldn't mind if there was a plague boils of frogs. Boils on boils. I would keep him in a mayonnaise jar <laughs> with a leaf. Would you give him a leaf to simulate <laughs> his, his natural, natural habitat. habitat? All right, what do you think? So June, I am gonna I'm gonna go with boils for I'm gonna say frogs in June and boils in July. What do you think August has in store for us? Dysentery. People shitting in the street everywhere. It's raining shit. Hallelujah. Ugh. <laughs> do you think that'd be a TikTok challenge like shitting yourself? Well, it's already pissing yourself. Do you think we'll get to that point? What's Well, I think there's a there's a huge difference between between golden showers and scat work. How far will you go for TikTok? Well, I imagine if we're all in this quarantine for another four months, people might start shitting themselves. Fuck, maybe. Just to, just to see if they could still feel. <laughs> I shit myself I today. I shit myself <laughs> today to see if I still feel. <laughs> all right, what else we got? What are the plagues you think are going to land on there? So... Okay, so your vote for August. August is dysentery. Yeah. 
What do you think about September? Surely, moving into a new season. Floods to wash shit the ourselves. shit away. We've had... We what now? Floods to wash the shit away. Floods. Tsunamis? No, just floods. Tidal waves? Just floods. Typhoons? Okay. All right. So it's not going to happen here because it's dry as fuck. That's why I said floods because we're in California, so... Yeah, I'll be fine. Be flooded with Karens, maybe. <laughs> well, I think October is going to bring something different. I think I think we're going to get like um, what what kind of what kind of plague could we get in October? Pumpkins. It's going to start start getting colder. The great pumpkin arising, maybe. Maybe. Um, I'm going to go with demons. I'm going to go with demons, like um, like from Signs, you know. The demons from signs well, that weren't actual aliens, but actually devils. When's the election? November? You're probably not fucking far off. November? Well, fuck. I think the election November's is enough demons. for the plague. Yeah. I, I can almost guarantee a rapist will be elected come November. So that's a plague in and of itself. But um, let us know what you think. I mean, December, we, we left December blank intentionally. It's going to calm down. What plagues will be... You think so? You think by December, it'll be the second coming of Jesus? Nah, fuck that guy. He ain't done shit for me. He's fucked up. There's so much well, shit. Well, I have on good authority. I have on good authority that Jesus is coming. The only question now is whether to spit or swallow. Aw, how much do you love Jesus? I guess we'll find out. Goggle for I Jesus. Guess we'll find out. <laughs> and on that note, I think that we have utterly and completely ruined any perception that people have had about us being normal, sane folks. I think that we can all agree that lyrics are sometimes hard to understand and that sometimes misunderstood lyrics are better than the originals, as we've proven. Yeah. What was the, so- what was the goat song that I sang for ACDC? It wasn't Dirty Goats. <laughs> Something like <laughs> I that. I can't remember. See? Anymore. Better. Better than the original. And... Also, that while this year has been tough and we do probably have in store for us frogs, boils, dysentery, and, and floods, and typhoons, that come December, all will be well. And coming. Hallelujah. And coming. And coming. It's been a while for Jesus. 60 seconds in heaven is better than no seconds in Hell heaven. Hell yeah. And on that note, thank you for listening once again to Coffins and Coffee with Dave and Ophelia. We know that this will probably be the last time that you listen. But rest assured, we'll be back every Thursday with the hopes that you can stomach whatever nonsense that we have to talk about. Whether you like it or not. Good night. You know, the best thing about Gary Newman is not only is he a pop star, but he's also got his pilot's license. Imagine that. Imagine that indeed.